And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, where we love for you to join the conversation and deepen your faith, your walk with God, and maybe even answer some questions along the way. I'm Ace McKay, your host, where we get to house all of our podcasts at Podcast Central. Easy to find. Go to EWTN.com slash radio, and that way it can encourage you throughout the week. You can share, like, subscribe, follow, so you don't miss future episodes. Or the great thing is you can go back, binge on what you need, especially with the holidays and road trips coming up. But we're excited. This week, two brand new podcasts to the Podcast Central family, the first of which is called Inspired by Faith. Now, you might have heard the term missionary disciplineship. And it's a new role. It's within the Catholic churches and organizations across the country. But what is it, and how can it truly benefit the church? Jennifer Rice, that is actually her role, and she joins Inspired by Faith to define it as well as to show how we can grow in our faith through community. This is Inspired by Faith on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each program in the studio with my friend Emily Jaminette. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Well, hello, Emily. Hello. So great to be here in studio on this sunny day. And we are excited to start talking about conference, the conference. You know, what I love about this program is I always leave inspired to live out my faith. And so we get to meet people locally and sometimes nationally and and vice versa. Internationally, we've done, you know... That as well. So it's it's just a gift to be here today. And today we are starting our special conference programming and fe- featuring our speakers for our 2024, February 17th, mark your calendar, CCWC. Uh, this is going to be the big day this year is going to be focused on our theme of this wondrous gift, which is because we are in uh, the National Eucharistic Revival and getting ready for the big Eucharistic Congress this summer. So uh, part of the recommendations from the USCCB and from the, the revival team is to focus your men's and women's conferences on the Eucharist. So we're so excited that that is our theme this year. I love that. I love that. You know, we're really responding to a need in the church is to better articulate this truth of Jesus present in the Eucharist. So it's it's exciting. The men's, the women's conference, the Congress, you know, the parish revival programs, everything is focused on this one important theme. Yes. And today we are blessed to have our MC for the conference with us, Jennifer Rice. Jennifer is the Director of Missionary Discipleship at St. Brendan the Navigator in Hilliard, where she supports its culture of prayer, community, and service. Jennifer started her path as a psychology and theater major, utilizing drama therapy in her work as a clinical social worker with women in prison, trauma survivors, and the grieving. Seeking a deeper knowledge of our faith to better support her clients, she completed a master's degree in theology, leading her to the role of pastoral associate pastoral associate at St. Brendan for eight years before her current role. Above and through all, Jennifer is a wife and mother of teenage triplet boys looking to our Blessed Mother for guidance and intercession and loving them all well. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you, and it's a pleasure to get to meet you and see all the amazing things you have going on over at St. Brendan's. Thank you. Yeah, we are busy over there. (laughs) But busy is good. But we'll talk about yeah. your busy article later in the show, which I will, um, which is quite lovely. 
Thank you. Uh, so, Jennifer, tell us, we gave a little bit of a formal bio for you, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your faith journey? Well, sure. Um, I was born and raised in Toledo, actually, which was a wonderful place to grow up, great diocese. And I moved down here for college and grad school, and then I stayed, like so many people do. Um, so I met my husband, Grant, through young adult groups. I was at St. Peter's, and he was at the Newman Center, and we were married 21 years last week. So um, it's been really wonderful to work with him in ministry and side-by-side raising our family. Uh, it was interesting because it was a surprising intercession of Mary um, to be brought together with him. And then um, also when we were pregnant with triplets, that was a big surprise, but we had waited a long time. So our boys... They were little miracles. They were born just over 26 weeks gestation, and uh, their early years were really a true test of my faith. So a lot of my time now is them, because they're juniors at St. Charles, and we live in Hilliard, so I know that drive back and forth really, really well. Um, And all of their activities, because they're all very different. Um, But when I do have downtime, it's gardening, crafting, reading. I love coffee, really, sometimes too much. Um, So... I try to find little things to, to fill the time. Um, my faith, I would say, you know, when you ask that question, you start going back to the beginning, right? I was raised Catholic and Catholic my whole life. And I think it's just like these little moments of encountering Christ and the church that really stand out to me. Like, um, I started as a lecturer in eighth grade for confirmation and kind of stayed with that for a while. And, you know, we have done different roles serving in the church, but I think about the encounter in high school in my retreat I went on at um, a Teens Encounter Christ at the Shrine in Cary, which is a dear place for me, Uh, and there was something about that moment where I knew for the first time, I think, who he was to me and how much he could heal and how much he um, has the power to, to change and to transform us. So that started it, and he's just been bringing it every every new moment, whether that's, hey, go dive deeper into Scripture, or um, use this in your next career, or honestly, just last year, getting into adoration. I did not grow up with adoration. I don't know about you guys, but we we never really had it. So that's been um, just a gift to be able to spend time with him and go deeper with him in adoration and also um, Ignatian in contem- um, contemplative prayer. That's kind of in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I know I I totally, um, with adoration, and I know you alluded a little bit to that. You wrote this beautiful article in your um, parish bulletin um, about your encounter um, at the shrine and also um, your love of adoration. So I know that's such a a powerful gift and you have that, you know, very present in your parish over at St. Brendan, um, lots of opportunities for that. But let's um, talk a little bit about your role there as uh, Director of Missionary Discipleship. So tell us exactly what that is, because some people that's, you know, it's kind of becoming a more common buzzword, you know, in new evangelization, missionary discipleship. But I think some people not might not be very familiar with that term. So tell me what that is and, and what you do. It's really funny because it's made up. We made up the title <laughs> and the position. Just like we made up this, my position and title 10 years ago for Pastoral Associative Care and Consolation. So Father Bob um, is very open to where we are 
uh, wherever we are in the moment to think about what do we need, where do we need to go. And so missionary discipleship um, it was originally going to be called director of mission, uh, and that came from some of the work we were doing um, for the parish uh, kind of evangelization toolkit. So I saw that position, I was like, hmm, what does that mean? And what it means is it's really just executing that mission and vision of the parish, uh, putting it into our culture, and we do that in three ways. We do that through prayer information, our community, and service. So I develop and facilitate all the adult programs and the events uh, with my team, and then create some themes and plans for the months and the years. But my main role is really just encouraging and supporting all of our ministries to live out that mission of making disciples. So they know what they're doing, right? They're the boots on the ground. They know how to serve. They know what makes their ministry work. And we just need to support them and encourage them and be able to do that within that larger framework. So um, we actually have a three-year roadmap at St. Brendan, and it follows the Eucharistic revival ideas. And it makes them, uh, they tweak them for St. Brendan. So we started with the year of prayer, with teaching people how to pray, and now we're in that parish revival year like everybody else uh, and doing all kinds of things around that. Jennifer, thanks for joining us. And, you know, again, we're just so excited about your yes to your parish, your yes to getting involved, helping with the Women's Conference. And you know, maybe you could share with your listeners if, if this is new, right? Like that idea of you're really jumped, you've jumped in with two feet. You know, what's what's a recommendation? What's something that you've seen, a program you've seen, a step you've seen in, in those around you that, you know, it was like, okay, this is this is a good place to start. Because I think a lot of times people don't know, you know, where to begin in, in the parish life, how to get plugged in. I think it's looking in your in the bulletin and looking around at what's what's happening and what what feels like would be the next step. So I think what's really been appealing to a lot of our parishioners is the small group setting where they can come and learn and be with other women or men or parishioners and just um, get to know people and get to know their faith and themselves even more. So that's always a, it's nice to have something that's common to bring everyone together, and then you can go forth from there. We often see them move into other ministries from those small group um, programs, like Rescue Projects we did last spring. We had about 230 people go through that over a few sessions, and from that came a lot of fruit of wanting to serve in another way and getting more connected with uh, the community. That's awesome. That's a great, such a fantastic program, the Rescue Project. And as I said, like getting involved in the small groups, whether it's Walking with Purpose for Women or just another Bible study um, and getting to meet other women. I think so many women crave that community right at the parish. And because sometimes mass, you know, you're in, you're out and you don't really connect with anybody. But getting to know other people at your parish is a huge you know, benefit of having that someone to walk with you on that journey as you're growing in your faith and learning to learning to love the Lord more with a friend by your side. So it's so important to have those small groups and also, you know, events like let's talk about the women's conference. So have you seen that? How have you seen that played out in your parish um, groups of women going together to a day like these? And um, how did days like these impact your spiritual life? I love the women's conference. I will tell you right now, this is going to surprise everybody, but I'm actually an introvert and I hate crowds. But the Women's Conference is 
an exception to that because bringing everyone together, 3,000 women or more, under one roof, the energy is incredible. And I've been a parish captain for several years and brought women to the conference and all of us sitting together and praying together and just spending that time really at the feet of Jesus. You know, we get to be Mary for a day instead of the running around Martha. And that time is invaluable. And then we, we get to connect with each other. You know, when we are, you're right, passing uh, after Mass, wrangling kids, trying to get to our next thing, we don't always have time to just be together and connect with one another. And this conference between the speakers and adoration, which is my absolute favorite there, it's just a beautiful time to be women and to celebrate who we are in our sisterhood and to support one another on this journey. And taking women for your parish, have you seen them come back and then like Rescue Project and other things like then kind of get more involved after they've gone together? They do. Yes. Yes. We see new faces in our small group programs uh, because it's a great time. You know, those of us who have been here there a while will invite, hey, you know, if you really enjoyed this, we're doing this next, please come along. And I think that that personal invitation is vital. You know, we can put all we want into the bulletin. But until we invite a woman to come to the conference or invite a woman to our small group or just go out for a cup of coffee, that's what works. That's what clicks. You know, we had our first conference meeting last month, and one of the women said at our meeting, she said, I first started volunteering for the women's conference because I didn't want to go and have to sit by myself. And I thought, wow, right? Like so many women want to encounter this day, but they don't want to go by themselves. So it's so beautiful when parishes go together and say, hey, come on, we're going to carpool or you can come sit with us. Just get your table, you know, get your ticket and we'll. And so I think that's such an important thing that so many people want to have this, but they don't want to go by themselves. Yes. And we do offer that. We said, let's carpool. We're going to meet, you know, at 630 in the morning and drive. And last year we had this huge St. Brendan women banner that we put up until mass started so people would know where we were and would come and find us. Uh, So we really tried to get our women there. And what would you say to someone who's like on the fence, like, I don't know, I'm like not holy enough to go to a day like this. (laughs) What would you say to a woman in your parish who said that to you? I would say, come as you are. I mean, come and see. Jesus wants you there. We want you there. You can be at any place in your journey. There is something at that conference for every single woman whether you're new to the faith, even if you're not in the faith. You know, I've seen people bring their friends who are not Catholic. Just the, just the opportunity to be in that environment and the spirit is moving. You are not immune to it. So I would definitely encourage you to give it a try, and they'll be pleasantly surprised, I think. Well, what I'm excited about, Jennifer, is for you to, you know, walk with us. You know, because a lot of times the MC role you know, it's, it's neat to have a local person, you know, step into this role and assist us. And, and um, you know, your, your friendly voice goes a long way. And I think as we start preparing for the conference, you know, who on our hearts should we be praying for that we, we anticipate we want to bring them along? Because a lot of times, you know, it, all of a sudden it's February and we forget to ask our friends and they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I have this planned, I have that planned. But really now is the time to start planting those seeds and and know that, you know, you're going to be walking with us and, and even just a local, you know, community kind of coming together and having this mighty, mighty experience with God. So I'm, I'm excited about that. 
Yeah, I was um, I was floored when I was asked to be the MC. I was not expecting that in any way at all. So I literally started bawling because it's just such a beautiful experience to be able to to walk with the women and walk through the day and just kind of be the guide. You know, um, it's I like the behind the scenes stuff. I like to be out front a little bit, but I really like walking alongside people. And this is what I'll get to do with this role. And that's exactly what missionary discipleship is, right? Like yeah. walking alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ and growing in your faith. And that's just so beautiful. So beautiful that you do that for your for your everyday job. And I'm so we're so pleased that you're, you're both serving as our MC for this year's conference. And I think that, you know, you wrote this article about busyness. And I think that is one of the things like this has been on my heart a lot that we have mm-hmm. so over busied our life that to think about doing a day like this, the women's conference, a whole day might seem overwhelming to people. But, you know, how important it is, you know, and you shared a little bit about this. And I like to set aside time to grow mm-hmm. in your faith and to rest in Christ. Yes, we it's essential. You know, I think it was uh I think St. Francis de Sales said, you know, when you're busy, you need more than just a half hour. You need a whole holy hour, right? Because we are so overwhelmed as wives, as mothers, as daughters, as workers in the vineyard. And we are so good at saying yes. So as part of our feminine genius is we say yes and we serve. But we are not good at saying no. And we're not good at just, again, sitting with Jesus at his feet and listening to what he has to say and letting him us. And so it's important to take a day for a conference. It's important to take a, a day for a retreat or a little pilgrimage. But it's also important to work that into your everyday and work that into your week. You know, my holy hour, again, it's new to me over the last year, but oh my gosh, I don't know that I could do what I do without that. Sometimes I'll just go in there and I swear I almost fall asleep because I'm such at peace with the Lord. And He knows that rather than doing a long litany of prayers, sometimes I just need to sit and rest and let him fill me back up. Absolutely. I know I feel the same. We um, did not for many years have Eucharistic Adoration at my parish and have recently started integrating it back in. And while it's limited, I always make sure, like the one evening hour we have, that that is a priority on my calendar. And if I have to shift things around with my kids or say no to something, like that is a no well worth saying because that time to do do adoration or I, you know, set an extra mass a week or two masses a week. Like those times are what really fill you when you're trying to live out life in the, in the world, which is pretty anti-Christian these days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fuel that we need. That's the, that's the energy that we receive to go out and do the mission that he's called us to do. We cannot do it without prayer. I mean, everything that we've done that I've done in my roles, it comes only from him. And really letting the Holy Spirit guide and plan, because it's not me. I don't care how many degrees you have, how much experience you have. At the end of the day, the Lord is leading. And if we let Him lead, we can do incredible things. We just have to let Him. We have to get out of His way. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so, you're, you're just talking about such an important topic, because we are so busy as a society. But yet, when I brought this to prayer, the Lord's like, it's a rich, full life. You know, and that's one way to even reframe how, like, you know, like Michelle said, how are we setting up our life? How are we doing things? Thank you, Lord, for this rich, full life. And now I need time to water the soul. 
And I'm telling you that if you, starting with our Sundays, you know, if Sundays are a holy day, a day of rest and renewal, a day of, of just recharging, and then having these, these stop points throughout our week, we will be able to allow our light to shine to others and most importantly to our family. So as you mentioned, the, the many hats we all wear, yes, we want to be an example in the parish. Yes, we want to put on great events, but we also want to make sure we're not running on spiritual emptiness. Right, because then you can't do anything well. And we've all been there, right? We've learned that where we we were doing all these things and we're exhausted. And then we're not able to be fully present. And that was in the beginning of the article. I said that just, you know, people keep saying to me, oh, I know you're busy. Oh, I know you're so busy. But and I said, oh, boy, that means I'm coming off as stressed and I need to stop and take a, a moment and, and be with the Lord and have that peace. Sometimes during the day, I'll just even stop and pray, Lord, just bring me your peace. Bring, breathe that peace into me um, just to go on to the next day. Absolutely. I'd love to, you, you put a quote in here by Blessed Carlo Acutis, and you said, when we face the sun, we become tan. But when we place ourselves in front of the Eucharistic Jesus, we become saints. And I think that's such a beautiful quote to think about sitting in adoration and just letting no matter what your your trying your mind is doing right like the eucharist is just shining on us and like seeping in all those little cracks i feel like in your soul and in just infusing you with beautiful graces so that that was just a beautiful quote it was it was i was so great to find that there's so many great little books on the eucharist this year that they send us with stories and quotes like that and questions and answers so um it was that was a gem <laughs> for sure <laughs> A great saint, one of the patrons of the Eucharistic Revival. Are you going to the Revival? I guess I should ask. Are you going to go into the Congress? I am back and forth. I will tell you why. So my boys are going to be seniors next year. And so that's kind of our last summer. (laughs) So so to be honest, it will depend a lot on what is going on. And if they're going three different directions, we just don't know. I I can't even think about it. I'm in such denial. (laughs) Well, we know, Emily and I know, we have had boys graduate from St. Charles. We know the feeling, but um, it is such an exciting time in our church. Um, And with, like I said, the conference coming here and focusing on the Eucharist and the men's conference will be focusing on the Eucharist, just so many good things I think will be Mm -hmm. happening here in our diocese here with that. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we get to be a light to others, you know, as you talk about raising the three boys in your article and we think about how our vocation isn't something, you know, it's, it's meant to be integrated with the faith. And I think that the women's conference highlights the gift of all these different ages and stages of women coming together to be renewed and refocused. And so you know, when when we take the time to plug in, you know, there are so many great opportunities, especially to something um, this energetic, this um, impactful. We, we definitely leave um, a different person. And Michelle and I, we've been doing this a long time. We look a little older. <laughs> we've got our readers no, on this year. I know Michelle's got these awesome readers. I'm like, what's going on? I'm the one who always is wearing glasses. Like now she's got their readers on. But, you know, we, we have that opportunity each year to take baby steps, right? Baby steps. And I always love to say, you know, the Lord's gentle. He's good. He's gentle. He's kind. He He wants to work with us where we're at, like you said, you know, but... 
we have to be real enough to say it's time to put the readers on. It's time, time to go back to church. It's time to read on that teaching that was hard for me. So. Definitely. And I think women's ministry that sometimes keeps women away from it is because they're worried about that vulnerability. But I will tell you that being around all those generations and all that wisdom, we have people from 18 to like, I don't know, 80 in our, in our groups right now is so, so life-giving. And if you just let down that mask and just be who you are and where you are, someone is going to love you. And you just sometimes just need to be loved. Absolutely. And that's what we hope that you find at the Catholic Women's Conference this year. Just a friend, a sister in Christ, someone to be with, someone to sing with, to hear just the beautiful talks to shop with, to have lunch with. Like we know it's such a great day of sisterhood. So we're so excited for February 17th. Mark your calendar, save the date and think of the friend you want to bring along. Well, Jennifer, we are so grateful that you joined us today and we are so looking forward to having you as our MC for the 2024 Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Yay, thank you so much. I know it's so exciting to actually start talking about the conference and it's going to come fast. It always does. It feels like it's so far away. You know, and it's important to understand that these are other women giving up their weekend. You know, I'm telling you, the amount of work Jennifer is going to do for us is tremendous, just like our volunteer team, just like those who take on these roles. Like, it's it's powered by women of faith that want to give you a beautiful experience. All you have to do is receive it. It's it's pretty amazing, honestly. It is amazing. I'm going to tell everyone, in case you haven't checked out our website, which is up- updated, ColumbusCatholicWomen.com, our other speakers this year are Heather Kim, who's the co-host of Abiding Together podcast, Father John Burns. He's the priest of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and one of the 50 Eucharistic preachers for the nat- National Eucharistic Revival, Claire Dwyer, the author of This Present Paradise. Father Anastas is an associate chaplain at St. John Paul II Newman Center and University of Illinois, and also a Eucharistic preacher. And we will be having um, Archbishop Broglio will be there instead of um, Bishop Fernandez. Unfortunately, won't be able to join us, but he's found a wonderful bishop to be there with us. He is the Archbishop for the Military Services of the United States and president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And Marie Miller will be our musician for the day. So we have a really incredible lineup all set up. You know, mark your calendar. That's all I have to say. Start talking to your husband. You know, make sure you let the sports coaches know, like, I can't keep score on that basketball day because this this is too important. Yeah, absolutely. You have to set it aside make the arrangements. This is a special day for you. It's like for me, it's for Chris. It's Christmas, right? It's a day of special grace and blessings. So um, it's something you don't want to miss. And oftentimes, many of us all go to reconciliation. So yes, we, we leave with a little bit shinier soul. Absolutely. As, uh, There's so many fabulous opportunities yeah. for grace that day. So many opportunities. It's such a, such a gift. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad we're talking about it. And hopefully, um, you know, my challenge to everyone is Just plant the seed. One more soul. Just plant the seed after listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Well, let's close in prayer today, Emily. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus Christ, you send your disciples on mission to make God's love and mercy known. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon me so that I may go forth as your missionary disciple, reflecting God's love in the world and speaking the name of Jesus to others. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit columbuscatholicwomen.com. And to hear more about Emily and my work, be sure to check out inspiredthefaith.com. Bringing women together, that's Inspired by Faith. Remember to hear other conversations. You can always check it out at Podcast Central. They are there at EWTN.com slash radio. Always ready for you to enjoy and binge. As we take a quick break, I'm Ace McKay, and Catholics Coast to Coast returns with another new podcast to Podcast Central called Pentecost Today USA. And this week is actually recorded from the Jesus 2023 conference. Now, we all have anxiety, especially as we get set for the holidays. And Bill Snyder is going to interview Dr. Karen Dwyer, who is actually a retired award-winning university professor and a speaker who also authored 10 books, including The Joy of Advent plus the I Conquer Speech Anxiety textbook. So she's got a lot to say and bringing some to the conversation as we get back next with Catholics Coast to Coast. Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, and welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. What we want to talk about today is being okay with wherever we are on this path of infertility and that it's okay to be okay. So we want to dive right into this I have a lot of thoughts. I know that you do too. So let's see what we can come up with. When we talk about this idea of being okay in a season of infertility, maybe we can talk a little bit about what exactly that means. So I'm going to throw it to you first to see what you think. What does it mean to be okay in a season of infertility? I think sometimes it's kind of like that. what we're not. You know, we're not so in despair. We're not in distress. It's not consuming our lives. Infertility isn't the only thing that we're thinking about. It's not this all-consuming thing that we're hyper-focused on. That's part of being okay for me. And it means that we're able to enjoy other parts of our life. We take pleasure in relationships that are going well, in just other aspects like our friendships and our work and everything that we have kind of like a balanced outlook. We have a hopeful outlook, even if we don't know what this is all going to lead to, but we know that God is up to something good. We have a sense of peace. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking, yes, it's all of those things. And I think also so much more, like, I feel like there's not any one answer to, so are you okay with where you are? And I think that changes sometimes too. Sometimes I may have a real sense of peace with where we are on our path. And then at other times, Maybe there's a circumstance or situation that comes up and I feel like, oh, I don't, I don't really feel as okay as I thought I was. So I think maybe one thing that we can say about what it means to be okay in a season of infertility is that there's not any one answer, right? There's not like, right. oh, like these are the benchmarks or if you hit this particular thing, you know, you have this feeling or that kind of attitude, it means that that you're okay. So I think for the people in this community to hear that, I think is really important because we can put a lot of pressure 
on ourselves, right? Like, oh my gosh, I should be feeling this way or I shouldn't be feeling that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, we're, we're complex, mysterious human beings. Like there's more to us than that. There are more kind of layers and, and facets to who we are, to our emotional life and our spiritual life and all of that. So I think being okay isn't like a one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah. And not to think that, oh yeah, I'm sad today. That means I'm not okay with, you know, my life or I'm I'm just not okay. But no, that's part of the normal human experience. And you can be okay and still be unexpectedly triggered by something that happens. And yeah, that's just, that's part of being okay too. Yeah. And it feels really similar to when we talk about grief and sort of the stages of grief. And, you know, even if we look at those kind of traditional stages of grief with the denial and the bargaining and all that kind of stuff, I mean, even those things are not kind of hard and fast. So when we look at our experience with infertility, like, okay, I passed by this stage and now I must be going to that stage. I mean, that experience of grief is I think really fluid. And I think the same is true with this idea of being okay. I think that that's kind of fluid. You know, for you and I, Cassie, we are each a little bit farther down the line. I've been married for 12 years. How many years have you been married? 15. So we've kind of been at this for for a pretty long time. We're in different places. That doesn't mean that we don't sometimes backslide because of a particular circumstance or whatever. So we can kind of look back behind us as we keep moving forward. We can kind of look back behind us and say like, oh man, yeah, this was a time when I thought, will it ever get better? Will I, you know, will I ever be okay? And it was difficult to see then. So for us to say to those who are listening today, who kind of wrestling with this question too, whatever okay means for you, you know, it's, it's kind of fluid and it's a, it's a progression and it'll unfold, you know, kind of the way that God has planned for you. And we know that God's plan for us is always good, right? Like he's always taking care of us. Uh, it was <laughs> great being with you and listeners. We hope that you are okay, wherever you are on this path of infertility and just know that we are walking along with you. We'll see you next time. God bless. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of the Pentecost Today podcast. I'm so very excited to be with you. And Alicia Hartle and Steve Mancini are not your hosts today. My name is Bill Snyder. I'm one of the board members. I'm also a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry. You can check out my ministry later. But I'm really excited to be here and hosting this podcast for Pentecost Today USA and be talking with some various people on location at the Jesus 2023 conference. I am just overjoyed to be with uh, Karen, uh, Dr. Karen Dwyer right now. And um, I'm just going to read her bio real quick to introduce her. So, she is an inspirational speaker and an award-winning college teacher. 
She has specialized in helping students and adults of all ages conquer their public speaking anxiety. <laughs> she is an author of 10 books, including Wrap Yourself in Scripture, Wrap Yourself in Joy, Find the Joy, and Fight the Fear. And then she also has Esther for such a time as this, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. Uh, so welcome Karen, thank you so much for it's, being with us. It's great to be here. I'm, of course, we're here for the conference, so yes. I won the council. Yeah. And so we've been for meetings a couple days before the actual conference starts. So mm -hmm. I was, I'm really looking forward to what's going on here in the next few days at the conference, too. Me too, me too. And, you know, folks, if you haven't checked out a Pentecost Today conference, please check it out. Look, out, look at more information on the website. I think that's really important to let everybody know that 2024's conference is going to be held October 25th through the 27th in St. Paul, Minnesota, right? Yes. So join us next year if you didn't join us this year. Um, but I, I really want to begin, Karen, with your story of just baptism in the Holy Spirit. How did you come into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit? I was so blessed. I was a college student many years ago at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and two young men, Catholic young men, along with a few others, started a charismatic, spirit-filled prayer group. A friend uh, took me there, and I was uh, shocked to see and to hear people my age talking about how the Lord Jesus was their good friend, had saved them, had filled them with the Spirit, and was helping them. They were testifying. One student testified that the, when she called on the Holy Spirit, she felt empowered to uh, know what to study for an exam. <laughs> Another had, was woke up in the middle of the night and somebody was trying to break into her dorm room, and she started um, saying, Jesus, Jesus, and the person ran down the hall. And so I listened, you know, I thought, you know, I don't have that kind of relationship with God in my life. And so through that group, it was very shortly, I was, uh, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit just filled me. And um, uh, actually, I married out of college, a man also was very spirit-filled, and he was killed in an accident. And so I I. We were married for a few years, and then I moved back to my, my hometown is Omaha, and I started life over. And um, I always say, how many people can be as blessed as me? The Lord gave me two spirit-filled husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a fun story about Larry, um, who I'm married to now. Yeah. So uh, he always said he prayed for a blonde and a good cook and a spiritual woman. <laughs> and then after we got married, this is several years after um, you know, I, we, we dated, and it was after, you know, my husband had died. My first husband had died in the accident, um, and he, he let, lit vigilites every night at the, at the cathedral across the street from his home, uh, as encouraged by a pastor who was a good friend of his. And after we got married, he said he, he praying for a blonde, a good cook, and a spiritual woman, he, he lit way too many vigilites <laughs> because I was so spirit-filled, you know, I wanted to go to prayer groups. But, but my husband is spirit-filled and loves the Lord, and so we're, yeah, we're really blessed. So we've, we've written um, books together. We're both writers, and as you read, I taught college for several years, and I've retired, and my husband's an attorney, and we are blessed to serve many, many ministries in Omaha. Amazing, amazing stuff. And, uh, and so thank you for your witness. Thank you for being here. 
Uh, I, I, I can't wait to talk about and dive into your ministry a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got these books, and, and the most recent one here, Wrap Yourself in Joy. In Joy. And, uh, so Find a- the joy and fight the fear because this is a time when we absolutely have to fight the fear for the darkness and the things going on in the world, but we have to do it in joy. And so um, I've written four books, and they all have to do with joy. I wrote Esther, and um, I I started podcasting, but there were like 15 reversals in the life of Esther. So in my podcast, I take people through the book of Esther to focus focus on the reversals through prayer and fasting and seeking God. And some of those things are never told in a movie. But if you go through scripture, there they are right there for you to uh, uh, change your life when you see that. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Talk to me about the reversals. Talk to me, because I think there's a lot of people out there that probably have reversals in their lives. They were, they're watching this right now, yeah. right? So well, I do. Okay, my podcast, yeah. um, after I, re- I retired, I took a, uh, a retirement incentive uh, after 25 years of teaching college. And... Uh, I love serving the Lord, and I knew the Lord would immediately add to what I was doing. And he really put in my heart to start podcasting, and I went. I just kind of heard that in prayer. I thought, podcasting? I've been a college teacher all these years, and um, but I, I began to learn about it. And so I really have started enjoying it. I'm on a little Catholic network, but it's on all the podcast sites, you know, Spotify, Apple, and you can even go to Wrap Yourself and Enjoy My site. But all the podcasts are series based on Scripture from a Catholic perspective, a biblical perspective, a Christian perspective. And so um, they're produced in a little um, a network out of Florida, but they, they go everywhere. Yeah. So anyway, this, this, uh, the series I'm doing right now has to do with joy, and I'll tell you a little bit about each series. Uh, so I podcast 15 minutes, and my goal is just to get people uh, loving the Word, and, and I bring in teaching from the church. All of my books have been promoters from our archbishop, and it's just really to inspire people in the Word. They're only 15 minutes, so they're little chunks that people can listen to and grow in. So the one I'm doing now is called joyful and battle ready and this is my fifth podcast series and so um, it's really everything is always about finding more joy in the Lord and joy that's lasting not joy not happiness that is fleeting and dependent on circumstances and then the second part of the podcast that I do every week besides finding joyful finding the joy so it's called joyful and battle ready is we're going through each of the pieces of armor from Ephesians 6. And there's lots of prayers out there, you know, Lord, put, you know, put on, help me put on the armor, you know, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. But I feel like Paul wants us to go deeper in that. Not that the Lord doesn't hear us, but that we really need to know what each of the pieces of armor from Ephesians 6 represents. Because that will help us keep our joy. You know, I think that there is so much for people to learn about spiritual warfare and just yes. being battle ready. Yes. But as you said, you've got to be joy filled as you go into yeah. the battle. The Lord doesn't want us. That's why even the book that, uh, that the podcast is based on, Find the Joy and Fight the Fear, you know, the idea is, is that they go together. Mm-hmm. They really go together. And the Lord has a bountiful supply of joy for us. In um, John 15, he says, I, I, I want you to have, I'm talking about verses 9 through 11, uh, I want you to have my joy. Now, how joyful is the Lord? How joyful is the Lord? 
Yeah. He's really joyful. <laughs> and he wants, and then he says, I want your joy to be complete. Well, how much joy would that be? If you had complete joy, how joyful would you be? Just amazing, right? Yeah, well, that's what he has for us. Incredible, yeah. But we have to take the time. We have to receive it. God the Father says he has fullness of joy for us. You know, and the Holy Spirit gives the fruit of joy. But we have to uh, make ourselves available to God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit to really grow in a depth of joy that you have to have to live a Christian Catholic life in this day and age. Yeah, and you know, I think, at least when I was reflecting on that scripture, especially that complete joy you were just talking about, I, I believe Jesus had complete joy yes. every moment of his life. Absolutely. Even, even the cross, right? You know, you look yes. at the cross behind us and we see that he had complete joy there. And, you know, I, I remember reading and going a little deeper in the, in the concordances and stuff like that to find the word for joy that he used in there in that particular part of scripture. And he says, kara. Kara means calm gladness. Yes. And it's not this type of joy where you are just, you know, jumping happiness like opening up presents on Christmas Day. But you could be. But but, but you could be. But it's also for those moments of suffering in our life. Yes. It's a both and, right? It's this calm Yes. When you get in the car accident or you get in a situation, you you can allow this same joy to permeate your being and say, hey, Jesus, I need this, this permeating joy. Yes. And so you can be battle-ready you can be all of these different things, but remain and have joy in that same way. We, we have to be. Uh, right now, I just um, did a 15-minute podcast on um, the breastplate of righteousness. Mm, tell me about that. And it's interesting because uh, when we think, when the scriptures talk about our hearts, you know, because it's really meant the breastplate of righteousness, if you go, what if you look at what Paul was modeling, he's looking at a Roman soldier as he's in prison or at least in house arrest. And so he sees this uh, soldier that is armored with this um, likely 70 pound <laughs> part of their armor that covered them from their neck all the way down, you know, down their torso, torso and it protected their hearts. So what is Paul saying? Well, when we look at what the heart is scripturally, it's really talking about our thoughts, feelings, and desires that lead us into temptation, that lead us away from God, that are not lined up with God. And he wants us to put on the righteous. Now, and there's another place that Jesus says, I am the righteousness of God. So it has to start, again, all joy, like, every, like many of the things go to the Lord. So all the things that you can't do, you know, you'd like to have a, a, a more righteous, a right living life, a life filled with holiness. I think it has to start with going right to the Lord and saying, Lord, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I emphasize in my podcast is that you go to the Lord, you go to Jesus. He has everything you need and wants to help you have real joy, deep lasting joy. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, the word uh, is often used blessed, and blessed means satisfying. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's Psalm 1. That's the first psalm. And um, the word blessed there, uh, some, some translations say happy is the one, is the first word, but it's really a deep 
joy-laden contentment. Because you said that, and that's exactly what it, what the word blessed means in the Old Testament. Satisfaction, a resting. And, and you notice that it really leads in verse 2 to meditating on the word of God day and night. And they'll be like, then you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in due season, and its leaf doesn't wither. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. You know, you are, you are so um, profound. I just, oh, I love listening to you. You've got so much wisdom uh, for people. And, you know, one of the things that I think this podcast is all about, too, is about, about reaching into ministers, reaching into those who are out in the, the mission field, right, that are, that are taking, that are missing the battle. They're, you know, they're fighting it. And they're having bad days and they're having good days and they're having bad days and having hard days. And so give maybe a little inspiration to the, that, that person that's in the battle, you know, right now. What would you say to somebody who's like in the battle? Right okay, now? you're really in the battle. I would say, first of all, I hope you're making some time starting with just a few minutes of spending it with the Lord every day, pouring your heart out to Him, but then listening. One of the things I talk about in my, one of my first series, which is really Finding True Joy, uh, and I did that a year and a half uh, or so ago, and you can get them all, they're all archived, and Unwrap Yourself in Joy podcast. Anyway, um, you know, I think, I, I think that the thing is, is that is that the Lord, knowing that the Lord wants it for you, but you have to listen. You know, I used to be what's called, I call myself, because, you know, I was a communication professor, a teacher, all these years, worked with all these students. And, um, but and when it comes to prayer, we have a word, we have a word that we use in academics that I think relates to prayer. In academics, we say some people are talkaholics. That's actually a research term in the school, in the field of communication. And what do you suppose a talkaholic does? Talk all the time. Yeah. Well, I was a talkaholic with God, and I think I may not be alone, but I, I would sit down with God. I knew he was listening to me. I did all the talking, and I got up and said, oh, gosh, we just had such a great time together. And, you know, I, the Lord began to teach me, and that's part of one of the books I wrote called Wrap Yourself in Scripture, is that as the Lord teaches me, you know, I begin to then write about it. Um, the thing is, is that we have to listen. We have to listen. I, I love um, Father Thibodeau's uh, Four Stages of Prayer. And the first one is, the first stage you talk at God. You just, uh, maybe you just uh, say a quick memorized prayer. You're not even thinking about it. You know, you're talking to God. And it's the first stage of prayer you're beginning to talk. Yeah. The second stage, you're talking to God. You know he's there. That's kind of the talkaholics. You know? I know he's listening and I'm just talking away. Third stage is, and these are the stages we need to get to really a deeper relationship with the Lord, which is where you're going to find joy and you're going to find the strength in darkness. The third stage is listening to God speak to you in Scripture. And uh, St. Basil the Great gave this wonderful uh, quote about healing and saying that the Scriptures are a pharmacy. They are a pharmacy of medicines that feed our soul and heal us. And I'm paraphrasing it. But I love that because I feel that if you're sick, you're in darkness, you're hurting, grab yourself the Word of God. Grab a psalm. Uh, You know what? If you have trouble understanding the Scriptures, call on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me understand. That's one of the things He does is He helps you understand the Word of God. But but also... um, 
get a good news translation. You know, for, when I started reading, I was going to college when I first started really reading the Bible, and somebody gave me the good news translation, you know, a real easy translation, and it all, every word spoke to me. So don't think you have to go to, you know, a, yeah, a, a strong, I mean, the good news is an approved Catholic yes, version, yes. and they use right. it in the, you know, a lot of RCIA classes. I still love that version because it puts it a bit more of the language in things I can understand. So I would say, so the third stage is letting the Lord speak to you in Scripture. So you've got to stop being a talkaholic. Say, Lord, speak to me. And you know what? You'll be shocked. One or two words will jump off the page. And then just sit with the Lord with that. Just sit with the Lord. Thank Him because He's speaking to you. And that will really begin to launch you into, I'd say, a deeper, more fulfilling relationship with Christ that takes you through the dark times. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. There's so much. Wisdom. I want to make sure that people can get to know you and your writing and your podcast and all of that stuff. So can you tell us where people can find you, where people, how people can listen, how people can get the books? Because, you know, you've got so much great wisdom, and I encourage everybody to do that. Everybody that's listening and watching, please support Karen and her ministry. Yeah, and I do, I run a prayer group. I also, I'm, I'm one of the leaders in our Heart of Jesus prayer group out of Omaha. We do some meetings during Zoom, so uh, you can always let me know. Just, it's, everything is at wrap yourself in joy. Did you get the theme? Yeah. Joy. It so it's wrap yourself in joy. Uh, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Go to wrap yourself podcast, wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. And you can even email me at Karen, as what? I wrap yourself in joy.com. <laughs> oh Communication tries to yes. be consistent oh, with the message. Tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. Yeah, right? so right. wrap yourself in <laughs> Yes, I do love to speak uh, about joy, and I, I do think that the Lord has called me to speak on joy. Yeah. He's called me in this time when people are more discouraged to speak on joy. Mm-hmm. So I just say, joy comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And Jesus wants to give you a fulfilled, deep and lasting joy that will change your life forever. And he will change your life. You don't, you're not going to stay in darkness forever. But he wants you to come to him and he'll begin to bring you out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, folks, I, I, I'm sure you've witnessed Karen's joy today. <laughs> it's just so, it's so beautiful to see. So thank you for sharing your joy with our audience here right now and it's just been a true blessing to have you thank you for all of your service to the church and for your service uh you know to pentecost today we really appreciate everything that you've done i love it it's very joy filled (laughs) it is is. we're people of joy here thank you so much it's been so much fun (laughs) definitely have to have you back on i will thank you i love it too absolutely well folks thank you for tuning into this episode of the pentecost today podcast we hope that you like follow friend us on all the social media platforms and don't forget share this podcast with a Helping us in our faith to overcome our anxieties as we head into the Advent season. That is Pentecost Today USA. If you want to binge that while you're traveling for the holidays, remember, you can always do so at EWTN.com slash radio. Just simply click on podcast and it's right there for you. You can take them with you anytime and definitely share them with your friends. Like, subscribe, and follow so you don't miss future episodes. And we will see you again next week. Remember to let God define who you are. I'm Ace McKay, and join me again for Catholics Coast to Coast.